Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. We are so glad to have with us Paul and Karen Brady, pastors of Millennial Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All of us need the right kind of voices in our lives, and speaking of voices, these are voices that you're going to want to hear and have in your life. Paul and Karen minister the Word of God by the Spirit of God, and it'll change your life. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Love you, my brother. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Are we good? Good to see you. Are you coming up, Karen? You want to say hi to everybody? Come on up here. Hallelujah. Have we got a microphone for Karen? Yes, we do. We do? Hello. Hello. Well, this is the reason why it all works right here. And it was her birthday yesterday. She was 29. We love Catherine and Bob. And it was just by the Lord doing that at the Argos up in the sanctuary. And that's how long ago? That was October of 2019. So 2019. So therefore, they all met together. Unknowingly, it all happened. You were all there. And uh, tonight we have Catherine's two sisters here. And they live here just about an hour away. It's the first time we've met one of them. I've met Mary before. And just met Irene. So it's wonderful to have them here tonight. It's just wonderful to be the family of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Together with Him, working in the plan of God for what needs to happen. And you know, it's all about souls, it's all about reaching people's lives. And like Reinhard Bonke said, you're going to take more with you, That's you're going to plunder hell. Yes. And you're going to populate heaven. Yes. And that just wasn't a word for him as an evangelist. That was a word for the whole of the body of Christ, for every single person. Why do we come to church? Why do we learn? Why do we get taught? Because we're all reaching people every single day. Our life matters. Where we go, how we communicate, because it's affecting people. People are seeing God in us. And the God in us is going to reach somebody who needs it. You individually. This is what we must know is that we can bring deliverance wherever we are on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit will lead us to those people, even in our workplaces or even as we get a coffee. I know in the day that we're living in, there's trying, there's, the things that are going on are trying to hinder us communicating with mankind. But that's not going to be for long. And even in, This too will pass. It will pass, but even in this time, we still can pray and reach people. We can still, there's stuff, there's stuff the Lord will show us to do and say and believe for. We're still reaching people. It doesn't matter how the world tries to stop us through one thing or another. We're not going to be distracted. We're going to stay focused. And we're going to keep influencing people for good. And we're certainly going to take more people with us. We're not going to leave anybody behind. That means your family. Your family's going with you. You've been praying a lot of people. have been praying faithfully for their family members. 
And we never give up. We keep standing strong. And we know that God is faithful in this. As long as we don't, you know, speak the wrong about it, we just keep speaking what the Lord has said. That they'll be, they'll be delivered into the good things of God. And they'll, you know, so this is our job as a body of Christ. And so it's an exciting day to live. And we're just so happy to be here this weekend. Uh, thank you for letting us come in here and be with you these couple of days. And it's just been lovely being with your pastors and having um, just a bit of fellowship. And just the Lord Wonderful fellowship. Wonderful food. We, uh, work together. Yes, and they're just so hospitable. And I know you already know that. This is a hospitable church. And the Lord is well pleased. And, he, and, we, we and they represent you well, guys, I tell you. And you know, we sing about the kindness of God, but the kindness of God is seen, seen in the people of God. Amen. And it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> the fruit that's abounding to your accounts. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, I'm going to be in my best behavior tonight. Praise the Lord. Can you take the boom out of my voice just a little bit, Judah? Can everybody put their hands together and bless Judah at the back, please? I tell you, everyone looks at, thank you, everyone looks at us and, you know, but there's always a sound man, there's always someone techie at the back, and I'm telling you, they get the eyes, they get the glares, they get the, you know, and sometimes it's just the worst place that you could ever be in a service, you know. So we, we just celebrate Judah tonight. Judah goes first. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So with all those, I'm very honored to be here. And um, it's as well that we had this, uh, these meetings planned um, because I've got a lot going on in Tulsa. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, with buildings and all of those different things, we just uh, secured our, our new home. Um, yes. And uh, so it's just as well I'm in the Northeast, or I'd have been up to my oxters in, in decision maker, making. And everybody in the leadership team back in Tulsa are so delighted that I'm in the Northeast. <laughs> they are so happy that I am out of the picture. And uh, praise the Lord, take them somewhere where there's no cell service. <laughs> you have no idea how true that really is. But anyway, nice to be with you all. Hallelujah. I had a turkey dinner today. Wasn't that nice? We went somewhere, they served turkey every day. I had turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry, dressing. How many people would like that right now? Anybody like that right now? Praise the Lord. You get it at the Stone Forge. <laughs> but you can't sit at a table any more than six. Five or six. <laughs> Lift your hand and say, this too will pass. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. All righty, so it's my honor. We love you. And uh, we just thank God for what God is doing up here. Thank you for flying the flag. Thank you for raising an ensign. Thank you for standing in the face of adversity, in the face of religion, and uh, saying that you believe that Jesus is alive, and not just in religious service, but with your lives, with your hearts, with you, what he did in you, and uh, that is the reality. That's what other people see. That's what other people read. That's what other people feel. 
It's what it's the Jesus in you. It's not the Jesus in someone else, it's the Jesus in you. And you know, for us, you know, we prayed so much for the Northeast. A lot of you know that. Because I truly believe that the Lord has a plan for this region. How many people would agree for that? And uh you know, there's lots of churches here. You just drive around, you see steeple steeples everywhere. And so if it was just for having churches then this this region should be the freest region in the union. How many people knows that? And so we know that church buildings and religion do not present to us freedom. In actual, the truth can be the complete opposite, that religion can offer us bondage. And it limits us at times uh, to the freedom of the moving of God in our lives. So I'm picking my words very carefully. Um, because I mean no offense. I believe that there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things, a lot of good work. And, but if it comes with the limitations that you can only do so much because of fear of oppression or suppression or uh, governmental overreach, then that's not a good place to be. We must never forget that the Church of Jesus Christ is the government and everything else submits to that. And the government of heaven is known as the ecclesia. And therefore, we have a wonderful government on the earth, of course, and we get to pray for those that are in authority, and that's what the book of Timothy tells us. But the church of Jesus Christ was not to be um, suppressed. Um, we were not to be bound uh, by the limitations of man. We actually are the governing authority, and you wouldn't think that, but if you take it right back, that the church was the center of every community. There was nothing that happened without a church at the center and the core of community. How many people a little bit older understand what I'm saying? Church was the influence of everything that we did. So therefore, you know, it starts with freedom and then it becomes religious. Even the Wesley movement, you know, Methodist, started in fire, and then it took a period of time before it just became, you know, denominationally impotent. Um, And I say that respectfully also, because anything that will not bear is impotent. Um, And the Bible points us truly to that we must bear much fruit. John 15, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. And what it talks about, I am the vine and you are the... Amen. And it talks about productivity. Uh, When you have church that is submitted to man, then you're going to have religion. And you're going to have bondages of sorts that will never free the people. You'll always be able to do so much but you'll never be able to go any further than what man says that you can go. I hadn't planned to say this, but the microphone has been switched on and my mouth is working. How many people understand what I'm talking about right there? It is not God that works through religion. It is the spirit of this world. When something starts on fire, that is God. But when man gives up his fire, 
And he gives himself up as a vacant that is looking to be possessed by something else. And that is the influence then of the world, Satan. Another name for Satan is resistor. That's what he does. He resists God. Satan then, the God of this world, the power of the prince of the air, then becomes the influence. People don't like it if they were to think that many churches that were on fire that have become religious are now influenced by the spirit of the world. They are not influenced by the spirit of God. Sporadically, they may have spirit of God moments, but generally, when it is the spirit of the world or the power of the prince of the air that is now operating in this religious setting, it's going to be the suppression of the operation of the spirit of God. There's a lot of religion that is void uh, of anything to do with the spirit of God. A lot of churches operate in word only with knowledge with Logos, the word, the written word of God, but they have no spirit of God at work within their four walls. This is the fight, and this is what Satan wants. He is, and the Bible tells us that he masquerades as an angel of light. So therefore, like I've said many times before at meetings just like this, is that Satan is not down at the, you know, the, the place where prostitutes hang out. Satan's not down, you know, where they're, you know, shooting something, smoking something. Satan wants to be up here at the church because the guy that is at the whorehouse, the guy that's shooting, he needs no help and there's no resistance needed so when you take Satan as his name the resistance must come to the work of the church of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ cannot take place without the work of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit was given to the church for function so that the church would fulfill her purpose and that the purpose of the church then would position her in community, people's lives, all around. You understand what I'm saying? How many people's glad you came tonight? Let me see your hands. So if lots of buildings with steeples could have changed New England, then this would be an amazing place, which it is, but a lot of people would be looking to the Northeast for answers spiritually. So today in the United States of America, you know, a lot of people, they look to different parts of the Union, you know, where there seems to be lots happening. But we have to turn this, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a lot happening in the Northeast. I'd like three people just to agree with that. How many people believe that God has a plan for this area? Do we understand what that is? Absolutely not. We understand in part, we see in part, but we don't know everything that there is, but there is that which we must do, and we must play our part. So there's a massive difference for me 
when it comes to church and then the function of church. I would never, I was brought up in Presbyterian background and all of those different things. It was wonderful. Um, but there is absolutely no way that I could have stayed in that setting um, because the Christ within me, according to Colossians, Christ in me, the hope of glory, the movement of the Spirit within me would not allow me to be confined to the suppression of man's systems in the ways of religion. I wasn't born again to be religious. When people look at us that are born again, they will say, oh, he's good living. Do they say that here in the Northeast? We see in Northern Ireland, they'll just say, oh, don't be cursing around them. They're good living folks. You know, well, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm good living. I would say that the Lord has given me a good living. He's given me a good life. Um. But you see, people want to, they want to place you, they want to box you, they want to make you something that you're not. And a word that I have burning in my belly for the Northeast is that you must rise and refuse religion at all cost. Because Satan is not coming through your pubs, your clubs, your nightclubs, your whorehouses, your all of those different things. People look at Masonic lodges and they go, oh my God, it's the witchcraft. They'll bind it. They'll go and pray outside it. All of those different things. And all of these things are, yes, they're there. But really, the work of the Spirit is the church. And if the work of the Spirit is the church, then you have to understand that the work of Satan is the church also. So his work is to stop you and make you compliable. He wants to make you compliable, that you do not rise above your station, that you do not break out of your box, that you do not look too radical, that you don't become too wild, that you don't ever get to speak in tongues. Because Satan knows that when a believer begins to speak in tongues, then... Satan is bypassed because you go where he cannot go. <laughs> Amen. So the first 10 minutes was for free, praise the Lord. Amen. If you would like to put a dollar in your meter, your meter is under your chair, praise the Lord. That will keep you for the next five minutes. <coughs> Hallelujah. How many people received something just there? So you're at war, whether you believe that or not, you were at war. And uh, we think if we just don't rock the boat, everything will be okay. And if we just comply, everything will be okay. But I can tell you this is a slippery slope of control. And it's not just been going on for two years. It's been going on for decades upon decades upon decades of a wearing away of infrastructure and foundations to bring the church to a place of submission. We will come again to the place of Daniel where there will be those that will be required to bow before man and his system. You say, I don't believe that. 
Well, just stick around and watch it because it is surely at the door. Even today in Denmark, they are trying to pass a bill that every pastor's sermon notes will have to be passed through government before they would be ministered to their congregations. You say, well, that's Denmark. That's not the United States of America. But you forget that America is a nation of immigrants. And there's a lot of people from different countries that have come here. And many of those people from different countries have made it to government. And that's all I'm going to say about that. A lot of people that do not have the foundational American values that have come from different places that have not taken on all things American can make it something that it should never and would never supposed to be. Sila. That also was for free. How many people's being helped tonight? There is a fight that is going on. Our fight is not about people, never, and never against people, and never will be about people. This is an unseen war that wages and rages. But unfortunately, Satan uses people. And these people are nothing but puppets in the hand of a radical terrorist who wants to bring nothing but destruction and mayhem. Religion has a plan for America, ladies and gentlemen. It is to bring it to a place of complete ineffectiveness. In actual fact, she was raised to be a beacon to the nations and a light for other peoples around the world. So we have a work to do, and that work we shall do. You say that's okay for you, Pastor Paul. You're a man of the clergy. Get on with it. Well, I'm getting on with it, but I need you too. And so we're coming into a time in the church, ladies and gentlemen. This is not about whether this church over here is a seeker-friendly church, and this church over here is a Holy Ghost church, and this church over here is a Presbyterian church, and this over here is a Catholic church. Oh, and then over here we have a radical, charismatic, maniacal type deal going on, and they're just a wild bunch. I mean, my God, they go in there and they're just shouting, fire, 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 what's that all about? I mean, how can anybody in their right mind accept that type of stuff? But it's not about you accepting theory on fire. It's about you being touched by fire. And when you are touched by fire, then your mind goes tilt, tilt, what just happened to me? Satan goes into operation to put out your fire, but therefore then you must stick around fire so that your fire will never go out. I say that Highway Church is on fire. Come on, everybody. Come on, seven glorious years. A wonderful window. Seven years is a, is, is a significant number because it brings it to a total completion. One cycle has now been completed in the history of this church. It also, in the spirit, presents to it a window. I believe with all my heart there are these things that we do not see and we do not know. But you must take stock. Everything that I've said for the last 15, 20 minutes, you must take stock. 
Because it is not you attending church. It is you being what you are, wherever you are. Now is the time to rise. I've been saying this for years to the church. We're in the greatest days of activation and mobilization. Some people have said, but pastor, I'm afraid of what people think of me because they think I'm wild. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this is not about what people think about you. This is about what you will be thought of through history after you leave this planet. What mark you have made while you are here? Were you quiet when you should have spoken up? Were you silent when you should have shouted? Were you supposed to be a testimony and a witness to your neighbors and your community, but yet for the fear of oppression and reprisal and persecution, you kept your mouth shut? These are the days that we are in, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about the preacher down the, down, down the church house. This is about us at our house. What are we doing? How are we doing it? Are we afraid of what's going on? Or have we the fire of the Holy Spirit burning within our belly? Is the Word of God real to you? Or is it just mere words on a page? You know, yesterday we went to the place of Anne Hutchinson, and your pastors are so learned in these areas, and I was astounded yesterday you know, just to hear just how much knowledge was coming out regarding certain things and regarding this lady Ann Hutchinson. I'd never heard of her before. And uh, years ago in her time, um, Jennifer was telling us is that they would talk about the inner light and how that when you would get born again, you would be able to read the scriptures in a way that you wouldn't be able to read them without the residence of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit is in you, the words come alive. That's why Satan fights this. He's the resistor. He does not want Christians filled, immersed, baptized in the Holy Ghost because he wants the word to remain a mystery. How many Christians have you been with that really don't know very much? How many people know at least one Christian that really doesn't know very much? Don't look left or right. (laughs) Pastor Joseph, he looked at you, Joey. (laughs) I saw Pastor Joseph go like this. Praise the Lord. First 25 minutes and I've got myself in trouble already. But come back tomorrow night. I promise to be better. I promise I won't speak about things that are slightly. But what are we going to do? Let it be a runaway, takeaway. You know, Satan takes all. When the church of Jesus Christ has been put on the planet for such a time as this. Come on, the Boston area doesn't need another church. Come on, Massachusetts doesn't need another church. It needs a work of God. It needs a move of the Spirit. It needs revival. Everybody say that with me. It needs revival. It doesn't need just another sermon. My God, I mean, you can get, you can get those by the bucket load on your phone. You don't even need to go out of your house. Your favorite preacher's on here. Me.
joke. <laughs> joke. Say, after tonight, you're not my favorite preacher no more. Because every time I hear you, you make me, you know, I have to do something. You have to work. One person said, I'm leaving this church, Pastor Paul. I said, why are you leaving? Because you keep pushing me. I says, what do you mean I keep pushing you? You just keep pushing me. Keep pushing us. You know, I'm praying away and you come along and say, pray louder. Come on. Give, 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 you know, give weight to that. Give vent to Come up a bit. Up a bit. Nothing's ever good enough. I'm here. I'm tired. But you keep pushing me. A prophet of God came in the next week. I said, cheerio. The person left. And a prophet of God came in the next week, Tracy Armstrong, and said, we're in the day of the push. That person left one week too early. They had to stay just one extra week. They would have heard from the Lord that pastor was not being just a horrible person. That I'm actually trying to get you to rise in God, activate, mobilize, become a force of reckoning. People just sitting there having their quiet time with God, praying into themselves. I mean, such a selfish mess. I had my quiet time, and it was that quiet, even God took a nap. God says there's no point coming to your prayer time. Nobody's saying nothing. Nobody's doing nothing. The angels, they're right there. They're playing Uno. (laughs) Angels can only work when they've been given something to do. Words shift things. Words create things. Words do things. We go to God and we're having a quiet time. (laughs) I just can't stand it when somebody says that to me. Well, Pastor, I was having my quiet time on a whoa, whoa. So quiet. If I came to your 6 a.m. time with the Lord, what would it be like? This light's getting nervous. <laughs> we have ways of making you talk. <laughs> Keep talking. Bright, 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 eye, bright lights in your eyes. Now, if we were really weird, we'd be binding the devil right now. We would be casting the, a demon out of the electricity wires. Aren't you glad to know we're not that weird? See, I'm being serious and people are laughing. I mean, it's so discombobulated. Why should we laugh when things are so wrong? Because if you don't, you're heading for antidepressants. Have you ever thought over this last period of time since last March, my God, what has happened? We walk about and everybody now, people that said they would never wear a mask, I wear a mask. (laughs) 
six feet, six feet, six feet. There was a picture in Ireland that a six feet is represented by the picture of a cow. So you have a man and a cow and a man. And so we had to walk about thinking, is this a cow's length? I mean, it's bad. This man on the plane over here, you know, he, he just, he came in past me and he says, oh, I, I, real strong North, Northeast accent, I, like he just, I nearly missed my flight. And, uh, and I said, I just come in from somewhere international. And I nearly, I nearly felt myself going, whoa, international. Where has he been? Where, where, where? Double up, triple up, give me, I'll take three masks, three masks, please. International. And the next thing, he starts clearing his throat. I'm over here in my seat like this. And Karen must have seen me leaning all into the aisle. She taps my shoulder and says, <laughs> you doing okay? <laughs> I was sitting there. I used up all my faith. I've none left. I used it on the airplane just getting here, taking authority over fear. <laughs> well, you're all laughing because you're exactly the same. You're standing in the line and somebody goes, and you're like, Look what we've become. You can't even have a good old-fashioned flu. I mean, it's just, just, it's just, you can't even have the flu now. I mean, it's amazing the flu has disappeared. Literally has disappeared. No one has the flu anymore. And somebody's like, my God, I just, I just love it if it was just the flu. <laughs> but an hour into the flight, he kept clearing his throat. <coughs> am I telling you? Am I telling lies, Carl? No. <coughs> then wait for this one. <laughs> I'm like, where was he? (laughs) Who was he with? I didn't want to look at him in case he started talking to me. I said, I'm a man of God. I have to preach the gospel for three days. I cannot go to the Northeast with COVID-19. I can't. (laughs) Unclean. Unclean. I'd even thought, you know, when I get off this plane, I'm going to tell him at the door, he's coughing. He came on this plane with symptoms. Because that's the spirit of the moment, right? You see somebody, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do, and you can call the number. Squeal on your neighbors. 
My God, what's happened to us? This is such and such and such and such. I can tell you. 16597. There's four cars outside their house. I saw 17 people go in their home. Cheerio. This lady at dinner today, she made a big mistake. She put seven of us at the table. We thought, wow, this is amazing. Seven of us can eat dinner together. She came over. I was just finishing my salad, and she came over, and she said, I thought something seriously had went wrong. She was nervous. She had her mask on. I've done something terribly wrong. She starts off, I have done something terribly wrong. I said, oh my God, what have we done? She says, I, um, um, I, I started into a whole spiel. We literally had to get up from the table and divide into two tables. Meanwhile, back at an awakening onto God, and a church that needs to be full of fire. Seven years. What does the next seven years hold? Double for your trouble. I declare over you no weapon formed against you shall prosper. How many people believe that? Agree with me now that the best days of Massachusetts are right up ahead of us in the name of Jesus. Because you have to understand is that to turn this state around is going to take a move of God. And you cannot submit to religion. You cannot submit to the limitations of what man says is acceptable or not. I'm not talking about masks and COVID-19. I'm talking about church. Hallelujah. All righty, let's get into the message tonight. It's Friday night. Praise the Lord. I'd like you to go, please, in your Bible to Judges 6. I won't keep you much longer. I've, I've said plenty. But I would like to just keep you just a few minutes more. How many people give me five minutes? How many people give me five minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Thank you. They're all so kind. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. You say, Pastor Paul, you're a serious man. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to get on fire too, and then you don't make me look as crazy. We all start to burn with the Holy Ghost together, then none of us are going to look any better or any worse. We're just all going to be God's people. The early church turned the world upside down. How many people remember? How many people have ever read that in your Bible? They turned the world upside down. Look at three people and say, it's time for you now to turn your world upside down. Dying. I want to go to Judges 6, please. And uh, we're going to start at verse 1. But the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian. The Israelites made themselves the dens, which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. 
For whenever Israel had sown their seed, the Midianites and the Malachites and the people of the east came up against them, they would encamp against them and destroy the crops as far as Gaza and leave no nourishment for Israel and no ox or sheep or donkey. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came like locusts for multitude. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so they wasted the land as they entered it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the Israelites cried to the Lord, and when they cried to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites who said to them, Lust says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. Underline this, please. Highlight it. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all who were oppressed, and you drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God, Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now, this is, this is key right now. Now, this is not about me saying that people are being disobedient. What I'm asking you tonight is that it is time to obey his voice. A lot of us are standing on the promises, but if we're not doing what he requires, then disobedience has a fruit. It has a reward. And it pays productivity. Are you with me? Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak, the terebinth at Oprah, uh, which belonged to Joash, the Abrazite, and his son Gideon was beating wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. I want to just say that again. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak uh, beside Oprah. No, no, at Oprah, which belonged... <laughs> To Joash, the Oprahite, you didn't know Oprah was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> and his son Gideon was beating wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. Underline that and highlight it. And Gideon said to him, O oh, sir, if the Lord is with us, why is all this befallen us? Now listen. We think that Gideon was just, why, look, at, look at him, why is he asking all these different things? But many of us have asked similar things. We have heard of the great things God has done, but yet our personal conversation with the Lord can be like, God, you, I, you did this here, you did this here, you did that. I mean, if it's really you, where are you? How many people knows at least one person that, that have said those things, you know? Three people, the rest of you. God, this is an amazing church. And where are all his wondrous works of which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian? It was not the Lord. It was disobedience. Moving right along. The Lord simply not doing what the Lord wanted done. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, O Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Because my clan is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. In other words, he would lead a group of people that would become one to destroy the works of the enemy. 
Now, this is very, very powerful, guys. Gideon was not on the fast track of ministerial, you know, elitism. He had no ambition of ministerial uh, life. He was not looking for position. But yet, there was purpose for him. And the purpose for Gideon positioned him. Whether Gideon knew that he had the goods or not, God knows why Gideon was necessary. I want you to put a note in somewhere. God knows why I am necessary. He knows the part that I have to play. He knows what it is I am, even if I don't think I am that. One of the things that really stops our progress as believers and Christians is the way that we think about ourselves. That can be an understated idea or it can be an overinflated idea. It can be both. I'm sure you've met both. You can be understated where you don't think you've anything to contribute or you can be the one that feels like nothing can happen unless you're in the middle of it. Both can botch up the plan of God, right? There is nothing about the plan of God that needs your ambition. It just needs your agreement. It needs your agreement to say, you know what? No matter what's going on, no matter what I have, no matter what I feel about myself, no matter what I see, I know that he sees it, he knows it. Hallelujah. Now, you can see here, that Gideon, look at this, in verse 15. I want to just interject this with you two minutes. Gideon said to him, O Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Because my clan is the poorest. In other words, Gideon did not come to the table with a massive dowry. He did not come with a lot of money. His clan was the poorest. His clan was the poorest. He's in the wine press. His clan was the poorest. I'm going to get that until that goes in because a lot of people feel like if I had just enough money, I would do more than what I'm doing right now. I'm going to minister to these people right here. We feel like money is our inhibitor. But money will never be your inhibitor. It is the way that you think that inhibits you. Because as a man thinks, so is he. So therefore, then we excuse our way of thinking. And we present, if I, like Gideon, and we think about all the things we're not, instead of thinking about all the things God is, and the potential of what it is that God actually could have made me. That Satan, number one, does not want me to know. And other people that Satan would put in my life don't want me to know that either. Religious folks. Hallelujah. This is a day, ladies and gentlemen, for you to be with the right company. You're not one to be with company that's continually taking from you. You need to be with company that is fueling you. You don't need to be with company that is denying you a place at the table. 
You need to be with company that is inviting you to the table. You need to be with company like David that is looking for people to bring them out of Lodibar that has an inheritance. that seems to have been lost because of other people's wrongdoings. I hope this is making sense. I want you to say this with me. I am more than what I think I am. This work is more than what we think it is. People just think it's, you know, we need to grow, we need to grow, we need to grow, we need to grow, but why is it that we exist? What is our purpose? Why another church? Why seven years of putting our hand to the plow and making a mark? There's a purpose. What is that purpose? Hallelujah. You glad you came? Shut it out. I will find my purpose. Thy purpose will position me. Say it again. I will find my purpose. Purpose will position me. I will be positioned accurately. Not because of what I think about myself, but because of the plan and the purpose of God for me. You say, well, I'm not being raised up to lead a nation, but don't sell yourself too short. You have a part to play. We can take things from the life of Gideon. I understand not every one of us is going to rise up and deliver a nation, but we have a part of that deliverance. It cannot be one person that just charges into battle with an idea that we got to keep America free. The people in itself that are Americans have to charge together into battle and say, we refuse this country to go to anything other than freedom. Can I have a big amen? amen? Come on, I have a ball cap that says freedom isn't free. In other words, it's going to cost us. What's it going to cost us? It could cost you everything. How oh, about bless the Lord? Hallelujah. Now, I want you to go to Genesis, please. Genesis 1, verse 2. I'm going to set this up, and it's already gone quarter to nine. We're nearly heading for a two-hour service. It's a modern-day miracle. It's like Pastor Karn and myself on the 9th of February. We will be married 30 years. It's a modern-day miracle. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now look at this in Genesis 1 verse 2. The earth was without form and empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering and brooding over the face of the waters. I want to read it again to you. The earth was without form and empty and waste. In other words, it just was chaotic. But the Spirit of God was moving. You may look out into America today and you think to yourself, this is a mess. It's chaos. But I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit of God is moving. 
The church of Jesus Christ has not been relegated to a second place. She is indeed ruling and reigning. There are a few that have not submitted to an antichrist spirit. There are a few that will never submit, never bow the knee, and will never bow to a foreign god. Satan will never win because there will always be a remnant. Always those that will continually fuel the fire of God's presence and those that will always say that the Spirit of God can take the lead and we will be led by him. You will not do this sitting on the sideline arguing the point out whether you think we need the Spirit of God or whether you think we don't. What is the Spirit of God's place in the church? Well, I just don't know. I think it's a little overkill. Those Boscos, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think it's too much. I mean, oh, such a great night. It was beautiful. The worship was beautiful. And then pastors started singing in tongues. My God, has it come to that? Does he know so little of the Queen's English that he has to sing in tongues? I mean, doesn't he know that that turns people away? Well, Everything started with the Spirit of God. Genesis 1-2. I read it to you right there. The Spirit of God was moving. So it started with the Spirit of God. Hello? (laughs) I'm here for three services. The following week, pastor can fix it. But for three services, we can mess a little. The next seven years are going to be better than the first. Come on, shut it out. I'll take it in the name of Jesus. Come on, the next. What about seven years of harvest? Come on, shut it out. Seven years of harvest. Come on, let's believe it. Best years coming right up. Seven years. Glory to God. Yeah, my God. Revelation twenty two seventeen. Everything started Genesis 1, 2 with the Spirit of God. And look at this. Everything finishes with the Spirit of God. Revelation twenty two seventeen, And the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, and the true Christians say, Come. And let him who is listening say, Come. And let everyone come who is thirsty, who is painfully conscious of his need, of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened, and whoever earnestly desires to do it, let him come. Take appropriate and drink the water of life without cost. We're coming to the end of the book, and the Spirit of God is right there. He started this thing and he will finish this thing. The Spirit of God is not the show at church. I spoke to all of our guys, such phenomenal group of people that God is amassing at Millennial. And I was saying to them at the weekend, I said, you know, it's amazing, you know, when the Brazilians come to church and we have a lot of Brazilians and they come and they sing, you know, they speak in Portuguese, and they sing in Portuguese, and it's wonderful, and nobody thinks anything of it. They say, oh, there's the Brazilians. And then, you know, the Hispanics come in. We have a lot of Hispanics. They come in, and they're singing in Spanish, you know, and, you know, and it's like even in the worship team, you know, we'll, we'll, you know we'll, we'll even adjust some of our songs so that we can sing a chorus in Spanish. And everybody thinks it's wonderful. 
Russians come in. Different people come in. You know, Russians are always coming in quickly. Because they rush everywhere. <laughs> we love the Russians. And, uh, and then there's the church of Jesus Christ. And we just sing in English, you know, because, you know, well, that's, we live in America, you know. We li- that's what we do. We speak English. And then we get born again by the Spirit of God, and we come into church, and we get filled with the Spirit, and we just keep singing in English. But yet the country, the commonwealth, heaven, which is our home that we belong to, has blessed us with a language. And we're afraid to use this language. It's like, do not speak in tongues. (laughs) Do not do it. So I just ask our church to continually speak in tongues. Sing in spirit. Sing in tongues. Somebody, you know, thinks this is terrible. I, I just, I don't, I don't, there's nothing on the screen to read. I don't even have shaka, shaka, shaka. I mean, at least three shakas would help me get started. Siko mokoko mokoko. I mean, something would just pull a ripcord to get me going. And it makes me nervous because, you know, when they go off the grid like this, you know, it's like living off the grid. You thought I'd feel like I'm in Alaska. I mean, I, no electricity, no water, no English, no screen projector, LED screen. Oh, I love my LED screens. Give me words. And we, we come to the part in the service, and it's like, and we're like, I feel so uncomfortable. I mean, I just, I don't know why I feel so uncomfortable. I mean, and then you go home from service, you said, Oh, I don't, I don't like it when they do that. I mean, church is great. I love the Boscos. I, I love every, I just, but just that one thing. I mean, service was great until they went off the grid. I mean, and it seems to have got worse since they've met Paul Brady. <laughs> it just seems to, it seems to have went up a couple of, why? See, religion just loves the conformity of keeping you trapped to the realm of what you know, what you are comfortable with, what you are acceptable with, and what can intellectually stimulate you. Because tongues is not really intellectually stimulating. (laughs) 
Because it's Shandala Mangandalo Vopala Vopala Nanavana. I tell people all the time, if you don't get in on this, you'll be bored. Last week it was five minutes, this week it is ten minutes, oh my God. Pastor Paul's coming, oh my God. Push, pray, pray in tongues, speak it out, speak it out. And then the week after they leave, the pastors will be speaking in tongues. Everybody will be speaking in tongues. We'll be pushed to be speaking more in tongues. But the truth of the matter is, ask me how I know, I was there once too. And I used to think, my goodness, this service could have been over 30 minutes ago. (laughs) If these wild tongue-talking folks would just keep it together. And I used to sit there and think, oh, please don't let her speak. Don't. Don't give her the mic. Don't give her the mic. You know the one that always has the word? You can't get through a good service without, you know, Sister Word coming. Pastor, I've had my hand up for five minutes. (laughs) Please don't give her the mic. I used to sit in services thinking, oh, please, just sing what's on the screen. Don't, don't go off, please, please. I'm trying to really like this church. I love these folks. I want to stay. But if this keeps going on like this, I'm going to have to find myself a dead place. Why are you playing with your eyebrows, Pastor Paul? Because I ain't got nothing else to play with. I'd love to be able to do this. I was at lunch with Judah today, and I just I was looking at him with his big old curls there at the front, and he was going. And I said, man, it's been a long time since I was able to get a... I was like, think well of it, sonny boy. (laughs) One of these days, you might not be able to. (laughs) Now, I'm not speaking to anybody in this room tonight. It's everybody that's watching online that needs what I'm talking about. Sam Pastor... The reason that I don't like them singing in the spirit like that is because I I, I don't speak in tongues. I've tried. I've tried for years. I've tried. I've had the
the best of them pray for me, and I still can't speak in tongues. And so we come and we enjoy the service until the free flow moment. And we were enjoying it all, and you were right in there because English was your preferred language. And the next thing, the person beside you is starting to shakalapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapap
the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is not a good meeting. He doesn't show up to show the the saints a good time. He shows up to work with the saints so that the manifestation of heaven on earth can become a reality in people's lives. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why when you're getting used to the things of the Holy Spirit, you stand in a service and you you feel uncomfortable or you feel weird. And if you don't speak in tongues and everybody is speaking in tongues around you, it makes you feel like you're not part. Truth. And then if you're not into singing in the Spirit or singing, you know, off the grid, you know, when there's nothing on the screen and now we're just singing out of our heart... There's some people really don't like that either because that makes them feel uncomfortable as in because you're not used to doing that. So anything that you're not used to doing for the first few times that you do it, how many people knows you're going to feel uncomfortable? How many people have ever went to a gym for the first time? Okay, some of us, some of you, some of y'all need to go for the first time. <laughs> just, I'll speak to this section over here, praise the Lord. You go to the gym for the first time, what are you going to feel? Uncomfortable. Why? Because you're the one that's standing there in all the new gear. Mm-hmm. You're there with your best Lulu outfit on, and you're ready. Mm-hmm. You're ready because you're trying to let everybody in that place think that you're just an old timer. Right? And then they start asking you to put your body into certain shapes that your body ain't never been in. (laughs) Probably. And then everybody knows. Newbie. We got a newbie here. Nobody likes to feel like the newbie. And nobody likes to feel like the newbie in church. True or false? And nobody likes to feel like the newbie when it comes to the things of the Spirit. And the enemy wants to push buttons all over the place to make us feel so uncomfortable that we don't push into what's available. Is this helping anybody? I believe that this church has a powerful potential of actually going beyond limits that other people in other places accepted. I believe there's an anointing on this ministry, on this church, to break barriers. Hallelujah. And every one of us has a part to play in it. That just because I don't understand it doesn't mean to say that it's not right. Praise the Lord for those five amens. Is this okay with you all for me ministering like this? So take a look at this, and I just want to settle this, and we'll come up to your close tonight in about an hour's time. (laughs) Do you want to play the piano for me? Thank, just for me. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I, I, I was born in Ireland. We've become United States citizens since the last time we saw you. <laughs> so you can't get rid of us anymore. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> First Corinthians 3.16 said this. Do you not know? Now it, it opens you up with like, don't you know? Yeah. So we read it religiously. Do you not know that you are the temple? Oh, there's the anointing, thank God. <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, I give up my Friday night for this. But I can guarantee you that this will, when you go home and you start to think about these things and you catch yourself on, how many people's ever caught yourself on, you know, and you realized, you know what, <laughs> I'm really just making excuses. It's a powerful moment in a person's life. And sure, there's Gideon. Didn't even think a thing about himself, was the poorest clown, P-O-O-R. And just, you want to use me? You want to? I don't have nothing. I don't have anything. I don't even think good about myself. He didn't. And then we're presented with the question, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? In other words, you know, just like, in, you know, Irish, you know, don't you know? Yeah. I mean, just don't you know? I think it's brilliant. Just a great question. Hey, don't you know that? You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We religiousize it. We make it so religious. You clay pot. Dirt. Bag of dirt. When you die, see how dirty you are? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But you are the living temple of God. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's a phenomenal question. In other words, do you have a revelation of what you are? Do you have a revelation of what you are, what your function is, who you carry? You carry the Holy Spirit of God. You were born again by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God lives and resides within you. You are the temple of the living God. It is a phenomenal question. It is a phenomenal question. And the revelation is this, that every Christian needs to know and understand and appreciate and experience the person of the Holy Spirit. 
and why we are supposed to be a temple. God the Holy Spirit is not the diminished, uh, the diminished third person. He is God the Holy Ghost. He is God the Holy Spirit. He is all God. And he lives within us. We are the temple of the living God. And this same spirit was the same spirit that started everything in Genesis 1-2 and finished everything in Revelation 22. And Jesus walked the earth 30 years working and studying and finding out who he was. And then at the beginning of his ministry, he goes into the waters. The voice was heard from on high, this is my beloved son. And the anointing came upon him. That same spirit for function, for purpose. Jesus spent 30 years finding his purpose. And his purpose positioned him. The anointing of God came upon him to fulfill function, purpose, positioning. People dare say we don't need the Spirit of God. We don't need that. We don't need to speak in tongues. We don't need the evidence. We don't need his working among us. That has been the folly of the church. And that is why Satan is running away with territories and regions and states, ladies and gentlemen. That's why states are horrifically going in the wrong direction is because religion offers them nothing. It offers them more and more bondage. And it comes with steeples. The Holy Spirit is not an abstract influence or just a powerful force. He is a divine person and we need to reverence, respect, and honor and treat him as that. But Matthew 3 says that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. That when the Holy Spirit would come upon you, oh, you think what happened to the disciples? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were changed into different people. And the book of Samuel will tell you that, that you were changed into a different person when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus didn't leave the early church just, you know, in a pathetic mess. Peter, without the power of the immersion of the Spirit of God, was a mess. He had no... Boldness. He certainly was not fearless. He was into cutting people's ears off, but that was about it. He was good with the sword. In other words, he was good in his own might. But when it came to the oppression and the suppression, when it came to the pressure and the persecution of the moment and the age, when he was to stand up for Jesus, he realized that he did not have the power against the forces that were at work to stand in the face of it. And for that, he denied and decried and said he didn't know him. But when the Spirit of God came upon him, Peter was changed into a different person. 
Now he could stand in the face of oppression and aggression. Now he could stand in the face of any person, anywhere. He was not afraid anymore. He was bold. He was fearless. I want you to lift your hand and say, that is me right there in the name of Jesus. Come on, guys. What is the church supposed to do in this hour? Just listen to what the world... I'm telling you, I've turned off the news. I've taken every app off my phone of any news source whatsoever. Why? Because it is just a contaminator of holy faith. It wants to program you, reprogram you. It wants to tell you that it's getting worse and worse. It wants to tell you that there's a greater force out there that is really taking this thing home now. But when you get in the Word, you get in your Bible apps, when you get in the face of God and you allow the Spirit of God to move mightily in your life, He is the force of reckoning. He is the creator of the universe. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the one with the divine plan. And we are just a part. If you believe it, shout a big amen. I believe this with all of my heart. Why do we exist? Why is there this church? Why the fight? Why is tongue such an issue? In a couple of minutes, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray with you. I'm going to wear my mask. But I believe that the Spirit of God wants to fill people with the Spirit. So that you don't feel uncomfortable anymore. So that you don't feel like you're less anymore. So that you don't feel like you're a defect and that there's something wrong with you because you're not Sister Shaka or Brother Shahando. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing wrong with you. When your mind gets over this, you will be amazing. The Spirit of God fires up within you. You will be a force of reckoning. I want to finish with this tonight as we come to prayer. The Holy Spirit is real. You say, Pastor, we know all of this. Ah, but do we really? He's not the presence to make you feel good. He is God. Well, he's the comforter. Yes. But he is God. Well, he's my friend. He is God. He is my intercessor. Well, John 14, 15, 16. Come on, pastor. But he is God. He is real. He's not a white cloud. He's not a mystical force. He's not tongues. He is not a white dove flying through the sky. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is the Holy Spirit. He is God, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes to church, he comes for function. He comes for purpose. He comes for reality. When he comes to move within your life and sit in your life. When he comes to help you in this life. He's not coming to be weird. He's not coming to be freaky. 
And as a minister of the gospel, forgive me and forgive us if we've ever presented God the Holy Spirit in a fickle way. That was never my intention and it would never our intention. But we're in days where the church desperately needs to know the Holy Spirit. They need to know how to yield to him, how to work with him, how to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, how to walk these days out led, controlled by the Spirit of God. These are our days for this. Because this is our only hope. This is what the world does not have. And this is what sets us apart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) The beautiful presence of God. Spirit of the Lord, touch every life. All my life, all my life, you have been so. With every breath that I am able, all my life you have been faithful. Come on. All my life you have been so. With every breath that I am able, come on, just lift your hands and just worship Him. So good. Your goodness. So beautiful. So powerful. You know, I'll hand this back to pastors in just a couple of minutes. But if you're in this room tonight and you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, there's no embarrassment. I pray to God that I've done this justice tonight and that I brought you to a place of recognition. Because every single one of us know that something has to change. How many people knows that something has to change? And what has to change is us. So that we can play our part 
in a more demonstrative and authoritative way is the truth. The Word of God and the Spirit of God gives us that authority to operate. So if you're in this room tonight and you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, you've never spoke with the evidence of other tongues, if it's okay with Pastor, I'd like to pray with you. I'll wear my mask, you wear your mask. But there's no embarrassment. And if you felt slightly embarrassed right now, that too is the spirit that is trying to work against fear, uncomfortability. Don't ever be afraid of someone praying for you. I know in these times that we're living in, it's made it all just a little bit different. And I just thank God for the Boscos and for this leadership, for this church. Yeah. Tonight, everyone is social distanced, you know, doing what we can do so that we can have church. It's a wonderful thing. How many people believe that is a wonderful thing? It's such a wonderful thing. So thank you. So I'd like every eye closed right now, just for a couple of minutes. If you're in this room, and you'd like me to pray for you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or for it to speak in other tongues, I'd like you to come just quickly. Just slip on your mask, and I will put on mine. And if, for all those that are in the seats, just pray with me in the Spirit right now. Would you do that? All over this room. Those that are watching online, just stand right there. All those that are watching online, go ahead. You all pray in the Spirit right now with us in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. Begin to pray in the Spirit with me right now. Hallelujah. All over this room. Let the person beside you hear you pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me, Jesus, fill me with your spirit, the fire of heaven. There you are. <laughs> Just speak those words out with boldness. That's it. That's the spirit of God. That's the spirit of God. Don't let it come in here. Just write in your heart. There you are. Hallelujah. Filled with the Spirit. Just like that. Filled with the Spirit. Touch her, Mary. Touch her. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, just come over here with me. Hallelujah. Pardon me? Oh, that's good. You want to speak in tongues? Praise God. Well, tonight's your night. Just lift your hands with me. Say this with me, Jesus. 
Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. There you are. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. <laughs> Just right out of your belly, right now, begin to speak. Not here, there they are. <laughs> I can sense the spirit of God on you. Just release those words. Just release those words. Masando kofaze. Be bold now, just speak the mind. Benikival stomal dovar deve. Benikovrefidikas kamalandai. Ambendikati krofonai. There you go. There you go. There you go. Just allow that to become a little bolder. That's the Spirit of God. No stress, no pressure. That's it. Manakofrefidaskamaina. Come on, we call your tongue loosed. There you go. In the name of Jesus. Makabenina kaval duvorde. Benjenzo kofrafadaskamainashtoya. There you go. Keep going. Hallelujah. You want to speak in other tongues? Hallelujah. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Hallelujah. You've never spoken tongues? You know, I'm not sure. Just touch your spirit. Say this with me, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. There you are. There you are. It's a breath of heaven. Just allow that to bell up. Allow that to well up. Allow that to well up. Allow that to well up. You speak. He won't speak for you. You must speak. Men is so beautiful. Touch her powerfully, Father. Touch her powerfully. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everyone lift your hands right now. All over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me, Father. I receive... A fresh touch of your presence. I receive a fresh infilling of your presence now in this place. In Jesus' precious name. Come on, give him thanks for it right now. Just thank him. Come on, just thank him with your mouths. Just thank him. Thank him. Thank Hallelujah, Jesus, you're. Hallelujah. You may take your seats, please, just for two minutes. I want to tell you this. In all the services that we see God move like this and meetings that we do, I love it when we have three meetings at least. You'll see tomorrow night that the Spirit of God, the presence of God increases. Knowledge and understanding will increase. In other words, what we started tonight, tomorrow night we'll build on that. And then again on Sunday, we will build on that again. And I tell you, these three services, remember the Lord used to minister to me like this. There would be a death, a burial, and a resurrection. It would just take three simple days for something to change. And I believe that change started tonight. No matter what position we are at, no matter what position we are in in God, there's always more. God is looking for us to be what it is he has called us to be. And no matter how you think about yourself, 
remember this and never forget it. God sees us completely different. He will never ask us to do what it is that he wants us to do without empowering us to do it. And that is why he gave us his precious spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, so that we would be well able to do anything that God asked us to do. Father, I pray over this precious people as pastor comes. I thank you, Father God, for your word, that your word, Father God, will stay in our hearts and will take root and grow into a great harvest. Tonight, Father God, I declare in this place something supernatural, something took place of a heavenly nature, of a heavenly kind. And tonight we agree we will never be the same again and that the best days for this work at Highway are right up ahead in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, with purpose we are positioned for great days ahead, empowered by the Spirit of God. And if you believe that, shout a big amen. Glory to God, pastors. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.